the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Let me give you a quick scenario on one of the reasons that we do this show is to get you thought-provoking content to digest and consume and to think about your life. It's going to be called A Tale of Two Sisters. One lives in Northern California. One lives in Southern California. One's married to a financial guy in Northern California. One's married to a loser in Southern California who hasn't had a job in five years. They've been married 20 years. They own no real estate in Southern California. In Northern California, they own some real estate. In Southern California, they've drawn off their 401ks down to nothing, in large part due to the economy and him lacking a job. He's one of those guys who's like a serial entrepreneur, except for he's like a Captain Crunch serial entrepreneur. He can't actually get anything good going. But he's one of those guys, every time you meet, he's got white pants on. You're like, dude, you can't wear white pants all year round. He looks good, but he doesn't have a job. He pedals himself. He pushes himself. They didn't get into real estate 20 years ago. Too expensive. They didn't get into real estate 15 years ago. Too expensive. They didn't get into real estate 10 years ago. Too expensive. Their experiences with stocks was they would buy the stock at an all-time high, and then it would go lower. And on paper, they've lost money. They panic. So what do you think those lives are going to be like? These were two sisters who grew up together. They played together. They loved each other. What do you think retirement's going to look like? It's not going to be pretty for the Southern California unless they hit the lottery. And you know what I think about people who play the lottery. <laughs> i got to be careful here because the word degenerate comes up. And the last time I said that, I got into trouble on radio. So I can't say it. I can think it, but I can't say it. Um, so it's a tale of two cities. And right now we're seeing Southern California home sales plunge 20% in December to the lowest pace in 11 years. Northern California, it's got some pockets of weakness. But generally speaking, San Francisco and the Bay Area is holding up pretty tight as far as inventory goes. Uh, For how long? Who knows? It's all tied towards affordability, in my opinion. It's all tied towards what I call the wife factor. I want a bigger house. I want a better school for my kids. Uh, If it's up to men, we would live in cardboard boxes in a homeless community with our families. We don't care as long as we got TV and the Super Bowl. It's Tony Mendez, Tale of Two Sisters. How often do you see that? Because I see it in my world where... People don't like to talk about money, but they'll talk to me about money. And sometimes they don't know about their own spouse. And sometimes, they, you know, their, their, their family is struggling. They're like, I'm not going to give any of my money to the family or I'm going to give all my money to the family. We get that occasionally, that deep into people's lives. Um, not the whole sister, sisters, unless there's, you know, we'll find somebody else's on the two sisters or, story that I just told is it's it pretty common. Like the, it's pretty common. It is. It sounds like uh, she needs a new husband is what she needs, not a new, a new house. But, um, it is it is interesting to see the paths that people take, yeah, and the decisions that they make. Uh, fortunately, I'm on the side where people are pretty active. Okay, um, the same as like a realtor. A realtor is going to see more 
people buying houses than people not buying houses. So they're going to say, oh, yeah, I see very successful people. A mortgage guy. We see a little bit of, you know, we people who, we see people who want to buy. They want to engage like, you know, the Southern California sister. They want to engage, but then they fall out because either there's something in their credit or they just don't qualify or the home prices are too high. Uh, but we don't see a lot of people that aren't trying because we don't we, they don't call us. So uh, we usually see the Northern California sister and um, but as far as the Southern California homes, um, you know, the sales dropping, it's seasonally adjusted, which is probably the scarier part of that that statistic. Yeah, um, we don't watch Southern California sales that often. Right. We're seeing actually San Diego do really well because a lot of people from the Bay Area are moving to San Diego. A lot of people are moving to Sacramento. Um, Slight, but, slightly more affordable areas. Slightly more affordable areas and slightly more desirable areas when you add all the factors together, the schools, the uh, the cost of uh, uh, the house and affordability and so on. And a lot of people are telecommuting nowadays, too. So uh, that's why Sacramento is the number one search for places in California. Okay. It's like 12% or something like that. But I could do San Diego. I don't see myself doing Sacramento. It's a good stepping stone for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, for example, millennials in the United States are the, the second placed city in the United States is Elk Grove. For, okay. for millennials to move. So we're seeing this as a good stepping stone. And then maybe they come back to I'm the Bay Area. I'm not completely familiar with Elk Grove. South of Sacramento. It's okay. kind of, you know, a suburb. Okay. Sounds like it's going to burn down one day in a wildfire. <laughs> you know, uh, I think there's an Apple outfit there with a thousand jobs. Okay. You know, so I think there's some traction growing there. Uh, it's close to the mountains. Um, in fact, the, we've had more people buy in Elk Grove in the last year that, or in the Sacramento area. That's just encompass the whole area than the last it, 10 years. Is it fair to say that in the last three months, four months, we've started to see a lot more data on real estate that it's softening and weakening? Yes. And it, it to me, it feels like the higher interest rates are sapping affordability. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's people are real estate fatigued. Maybe everyone who wants a home has a home. Yeah, I, I wouldn't read in it, into it too much because if you were in Denver, for example, or if you were in... You know what I like to call Denver. Menver. Menver. Sure. I mean, the, what's the ratio now? It's, it's like four it's, to one or something like that. If I was a single one? woman, I'd move to Denver. Yeah. And for the record, I am not a single woman. <laughs> it's the best I know. Um, but if you're in Denver, you, you might see different reports um, or, or have a different feeling about it because there are a lot of you know, affordable homes there. There's jobs and people yeah. are moving there. And in Seattle, you might have a different view I, because Seattle sales have gone down. Their home prices have gone down. Their rents have looked, stabilized. Wait, wait, stop, stop. I just looked at Denver prices recently, and it's not that affordable. I was surprised. I was like, oh, it's got to be affordable. It's so far from the ocean. It's so far from big tech companies. Well, it might have that Seattle effect where... Yeah, it's getting there. It's getting there. Where, And for those people who don't know what the Seattle effect is, is Seattle was a very desirable place for a long time because you had a tech job, for example, where yeah. the starting salary was only like 15% lower than here in the Bay Area, but their home prices were 50% lower. Now those home prices are much higher and they've come back down. A lot of people bailed. One of the reports that um, we saw recently is the amount of equity people have taken out in 2018 from the sale of their property. It's it's the highest levels of any year that we've ever seen, including going back to the I last recession. Out last year. Or, I'm sorry, the last peak. Excuse me? I took some equity out last year. Well, I'm talking in the sale of their property. So we are seeing yeah. people capitalizing on the, 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 the increase in their homes, that equity that they've earned. Or, I don't know, do, do you earn it? Best day of my, is, is that day of my year last year was going to Denver and seeing Red Rocks, a concert there, and seeing Imagine Dragons. Nice. But you know, the down part was that little girl from America's Got Talent, the one who played the ukulele. Okay. She opened for Imagine Dragons. 
you know, the little girl is like, I am not so ugly. And uh, <laughs> what I learned was Imagine Dragons is a big pull for kids. Yeah. My, um, my, my son loves Imagine Dragons. Plays them every day. It's, uh, you know, it, it's kind of an all ages from eight to 80 kind of thing. Uh, but anyway, that's totally off. It'll run its course, too. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Denver was lovely to visit. So anyway, um, we're talking and I'm going to be in San Diego next Friday. I'm going to see lovely. Place. I'm going to see Weezer. <laughs> you know what San Diego is an old means, man's right? group. It's not an old man's it's group. It's an old man's group. Oh, it's a, it's a, oh, now you're now you're pissing me off. <laughs> they have the song Africa out. Yeah, that was made 30 years ago. That's the point. I'm joking. I'm joking. Don't be so serious. Um, there was an interesting guy on Howard Stern, one of his uh, employees, Richard Christie. He bought in Long Island a year ago. And guess who just announced they're going to put 200,000 jobs in Long Island? Amazon. So he hit the lottery. I like telling that story because sometimes you do luck into things. I bought in the Bay Area during a kind of a housing recession. And it's, it's, it's a lottery. Yeah. Austin, I think, is going to do well in Northern Virginia and Long Island. Um, those are home runs for a lot of people that live there. But then it's cursed for some people who are, are going to watch their... You know, rents go up. They're going to watch food get more expensive. And it's it, it it depends on what side of the fence you're on. Sounds good. It's Tony Mendez. He does all my mortgages, refis, everything. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. I'm Rob Black. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. So I started the first segment with a real estate concept of a tale of two sisters, one in the north and one in the south. Land is a big thing for people. And I read Charles Dickens' Tale of Two Cities many, many, many years ago as a child. I believe it was third grade. And it still sticks in the head quite a bit, you know? Um, You think Tale of Two Cities and instantly you're like, is that Shakespeare? No, it's Charles Dickens, who I always loved. I called him Chuckles. Chuckles Dickens. Big themes about duality, revolution, resurrection. There was one character in the book who was knitting, which stood for motherhood. So that's a a motif or a theme that you kind of find inside of it. Political unrest, economic unrest. Tale of Two Cities kind of plays out in today's uh, political scenarios and the haves and the have-nots for sure. A lot of duality, a lot of darkness, but a lot of resurrection. A lot of focus on women in A Tale of Two Cities. So... I highly recommend Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens' novels were awesome because when they, he did novels in that day and age, Tony, he would release a chapter at a time. So you would go get a chapter, and then you go get another chapter a week or two later, and then you go get another chapter. And it was it was high drama because every every book um, he wrote, he it's like an 18th century TV series. You get it it once was a like week. a serial TV show, you know, like Breaking Bad. It's like what's going to happen next. What's going to happen next? And you always think the character's going to die, or you always think something horrible's going to happen. But it doesn't. <laughs> so, anyway, and I bring that up because I think there is a real estate motif in there somewhere. Uh, Tale of Two Cities and how we all play out our lives. You know, I look back and I bought a place in North Carolina 16 years ago, roughly. And it's almost paid for at this point in time. I wish I would have bought 10. Yep. Um. And it's kind of a regret that people have. There's definitely a timestamp on getting into real estate as far as I think it 
Uh, for a primary residence, you can buy it at any time. Okay. I think it, it always fits in for, with your budget, of course, because there's some great tax advantages and everybody likes owning their own home. There's the, the, the payment, the principal payment you make every month. So it's like a, your own little bank. But as far as uh, rental properties, there's a timestamp on that. Okay. I know that right, right now is like considering buying another one and I'm like, I'm a little getting a little too old to like really start seeing the equity build. And unless it's cash flowing and it's something that's going to work for me in retirement, I, may not consider it. But when you're in your 30s and early 40s, it makes more sense because now you go, oh, I can have something when I'm 65. It's going to be free and clear and it's all cash. It's like somebody else paid for my annuity um, with all the tax benefits along the way and some of the headaches. But, you know, that that comes along with it. And you have to uh, be diligent and and have a really good schedule of, of uh, and planning. But um, a lot of people make that mistake. I've, I've actually had people that are going into retirement say, Tony, um, I, I want to buy property before I retire. I'm like, dude, you're 65 years old. Um, what are you going to do with, you know, a, a property? Are you sure you want to manage that and deal with that? Have you talked to your CPA, by the way, or I'm sorry, your CFP, your financial planner? Um, that's when you start making some weird decisions when you don't have that kind of, you know, professional advice. I got some professional advice for you. Okay. Go watch the movie wall street. It's one of the best movies of all time to learn about business because the character Gordon Gecko is awesome. Um, at one point in time, he says, if you need a friend, get a dog. That's good advice. I, I think that's kind of right on. Despite being successful, he was distant from his family and he didn't have a support network. At one point in time, he says, the mother of all evil is speculation. Mm-hmm. And I think speculation in real estate is very, very bad. I think speculation yeah. stocks. Our current day uh, Gordon Gecko would be Robert Schiller. He says the same thing. There was a guy who called my radio show this week or emailed me. Oh, yeah. Uh, It was an older woman, and it was an email, and she's 70, and she's got $10,000. And she says, what's going to be a home run? I'm like, lady, the mother of all evil is speculation. Fortunately, in the real estate side, we weeded a lot of those people out during the last recession. Um, People are making smarter decisions when it comes to real estate, uh, but we're also seeing a lot more down payment, which which kind of blows my mind. I will see somebody go and buy a two unit building in Berkeley, for example, not Berkeley. I guess brand control. Um, let's say Oakland, and it's a million dollars, but they put five hundred thousand dollars in just to earn you know a thousand dollars a month, and you start looking at the rate of return on that. It's like wouldn't that be better off? You know, maybe in a CD or something. I mean, you're only getting less than 1% rate of return. And, and uh, we see a lot of that for some reason. We saw a lot of foreign investors do that as well, where they just come in just buying real estate because that's what they wanted to buy. But uh, as far as that speculation, um, we don't see as much of it today. Another couple Here, qu- Another is. couple quotes. Lunch is for wimps. I totally agree with that. Sometimes lunches can be awesome, but in this case, it's not. One of the things that he said in the movie was money never sleeps. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. And if you tie that into another quote that he had, the most valuable commodity I know is information. You just said some people from China are coming over and buying land, buying real estate. That gets tricky when you buy out of state or you buy out of country because you don't know the laws and you don't know the nuances and you don't know the economic cycles per se. Um, I'm not one who wants to invest in Dallas because I've been to Dallas, but I'll hear people on radio say, I want to invest in Dallas real estate. And I look at Dallas and I go, it's it, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, and there's nothing but land to the north, south, east, west, and that's not a good real estate investment. California is land. We are we've got water on one side, we got a bay on another side, we got Facebook in the middle. 
Um, well, people are also looking, you know, foreign investors are also looking for stability. Stability. That's true. Um, outside of their own countries. Outside of their own countries, they're they're looking for you know the the uh, there's a little bit of speculation with you know the the increase in equity, um, but we've also seen foreign investors they they tend to pull out faster than Americans do. Uh, we, we're seeing the commercial side of foreign investors really pull back. There's like record sales of of commercial properties in the United States by yeah. foreign investors pulling out of the United States in 2018. So we're seeing they do pull out fast, just as, as fast as they get in. Look what happened in Vancouver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vancouver, Canada. Canada. I've been to Vancouver, Canada. It's beautiful. 45 miles north. But a lot of foreign investors that Whistler. got it. Great yeah. ski resort I've ever been to. It, it, it felt like you went into a I can't imagine you skiing. I kind do you of snowboard or ski? Ski. And I look kind of like a bear. Do you do the, the V when you go down or I, do you I actually kind of do, ski? I, I, I kind of do the V, um, but I'm very, very slow. And one time a park ranger shut down the slopes because he thought I was a bear coming down <laughs> to hit everyone at the bottom of the, the slope. You had your shirt off, I, I'm guessing. <laughs> That's enough out of you. <laughs> I look at 100 deals a day. I pick one. Do you think most people do that? I think people pick, I want to buy real estate in Vancouver or, and they do it and they don't think about like, what, uh, let's take a look at some other cities or stocks. I hear a lot of people like, I want to own Amazon and there's other companies out there like the opposite of Amazon's TJ Maxx. And there's no shame in TJ Maxx. Well, I, I think most investors, and I, I get your point where you, you want to be able to pick and choose where you want to want to buy, but most investors don't just have enough cash to just go and buy that. They, they, you kind of really, know, you kind of know a Gordon Gecko. I do. He's very instinctive, and he, he just he pulls the trigger on deals fast in yeah. real estate. Sometimes you need to make some mistakes, and you know, That's as cool. you make more and more and more, you, you feel more confident with the, the making those decisions. Sometimes take a pie in the face. Sometimes you're hip deep in pie. And sometimes I love pie. There's nothing wrong with making mistakes. It's what a bad thing our society does. A little kid does something wrong. And you're like, you missed the ball, Jimmy. You missed the ball, Jimmy. At least he took a swing. Yep. Anyway, um, Tony does real estate. Tony does mortgages. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's got nice pins. You can find me online at RobLackShow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So one of my favorite bands of all time was Talking Heads, headed by David Byrne. I think a lot of my radio career and television career has been influenced by Howard Stern, by the Talking Heads. Um, people who took chances. Talking Heads did some really awesome stuff with David Byrne, Scottish-American singer, songwriter, musician. Um, if you look at what he does now, he is all over the map. He does spoken word kind of stuff. He does plays. He, he, he performs his old stuff. He's aging beautifully. He's taken a lot of chances. There's one album, I think, called Rio Momo, that it's all in Spanish. And for the life of me, I'm like, I don't think I could do that. And he, all the Spanish musicians, and I mean, he's taking chances. And I like that in a business person. Because like we keep saying, sometimes you take a pie in the face, sometimes you're hip deep in pie. Are you telling me you're going to finish the show in Spanish? There's no chance. So my Spanish is no bueno. So. <laughs> Okie dokie. Uno, momenti, uno, uno momento. momento. <laughs> That's as far as I poor go. Por favor. Uh, waiter comes up and speaks Spanish. I'm like, uno momento. And I start pointing at that point in time. Um, Mas despacio, please. You know what kills me? I grew up hearing stuff like Mexican hat dance and thinking that 
like that's what music sounds like in Mexico. Like all, that's all they play. And then I went to Mexico, and it's true. That's all they play. That Mexican hat dance, that ranchero, and all that. Yeah. Oh, good God! The show has just come unhinged. Um, San Jose real estate prices are down eight percent from last year, falling for the first time since two thousand and twelve. I would call that a sign. And I think you have to put together four or five signs. Like when you start seeing unemployment go higher and prices falling, you're just like, okay, these one, two, maybe we are heading towards a real estate recession or an economic recession or something along those lines. Um, it's a snapshot. snapshot. Um, I, I also look at it as a flag. I, I look at it as a, um, it's something we pay attention to. Uh, certainly something that realtors pay attention to and, and people who are considering selling. We're, I mean, we work with a client right now who was going to sell their house in three years and they started seeing some of the signals and they said, you know what? We're going to sell now. Um, they, their house got appraised and they were very happy with the, the value and they're deciding to sell and they're going to move somewhere else and we're going to help them with that. And there's more and more people doing that. Again, there's a, a report out there that 2018, more and more people sold their houses and took out the record amounts of equity. Uh, I don't want to say equity. Um, proceeds is probably a better way of saying that um, than they did in 2017. And again, a record. So, I mean, it's like 21% higher. So people are really capturing this equity. And you, you might be seeing that in a place like San Jose, where we're seeing a lot more inventory hitting the market. I think it's up like 108% year over year. And uh, that's a heck of a lot more inventory and a lot more people saying, you know what? I think we want to cash in. Um, but it also, I look at it as opportunity, in my opinion. We need those kind of fluctuations, just like you need fluctuations in rates. You need it in stock prices to, to have those buy-in opportunities. And I, you know, right now, rates have kind of dipped back down into the mid-fours. And it's giving people an opportunity, those people who have been sitting on the sidelines, or maybe somebody who's coming into the, into the Bay Area you know, five, six, seven years ago and missed out on the opportunity to buy. They didn't save enough money, but they have a good job. And they didn't get a condo. And they, they're looking at a, some you know a starter home and they've saved a couple hundred thousand dollars there's a lot of products out there rob right that now blows my mind saving a couple hundred thousand dollars do you remember I, oh yeah, in 20 yeah. and that's like inconceivable bay area leads the nation in the in the percentage of down payment dollar size not right per, yeah it's not percentage but dollar amount princess bride princess inconceivable bride. that's where that goes off in my head and it, uh, but again, I, I like to look at it as an opportunity for people who have been on the sidelines. And I don't want to say foreign investors. Foreign investors will always be present in, a place, especially a place like the Bay Area, where there's you know top dollar, there's large gain. You know, a five percent gain here is and it could easily be fifty thousand dollars, where five percent gain in Sacramento could be fifteen thousand dollars. So we're looking at large gains and still a very attractive area. So I, I see this as just a a signal that. People are willing to sell, but there are still plenty of buyers. Sales are down, though. That's that's the interesting, the the weird math of this is we're seeing lower sales and more inventory hitting the market. That's not a good combination because, but it does lead towards more of a normalized, uh, you know, six month inventory, more turnover, a, a balanced, you know, buyers and sellers market. You know, if you ever go to a Home Depot on a weekend and you park your car, there's always um, Spanish Americans in the parking lot trying to pick up help and jobs. I sense one day we're going to be going by a Remax, <laughs> parking in a Remax, and there's going to be realtors standing outside. Can I buy your house? Can I sell your house? Can I sell your house for you? Do you, do you know someone who wants to buy a house? Because it feels like there's too many realtors. There's there's a few. It's 
It's because it's a great side job as yeah. well. Um, you, you don't have to be a full-time realtor to be a good realtor. And uh, I think you've heard me, and I've definitely heard you say you want to work with a full-time realtor, somebody who's been in the business a long time, somebody who you know, uh, could have gray hair. Who knows? Uh, but there are some good part-time realtors out there, and that's why you see so many realtors. Uh, in there's the city I live in, there's, I think, 25 to 30 homes sell every month, but there's a hundred realtors minimum yeah. that show up at the, at that city's, you know, realtor meeting every, you know, once a year. And so, you know, that there's gotta be something weird about that. Um, that's because they, you know, they either have a spouse that's as a great full-time job and, or they have a part-time job and real estate's their other part-time job. We, we don't know. It's, it's just, it's a mix of everything, but it's a, it's a, it's a it can be a tough job. When it when it all said and they, done, there's good real, there's great realtors, yeah, and there's awful realtors. Let me give you an example of an awful realtor. I can give you a few, but go ahead. Um, in my home city, there's a realty office that everyone gets a Segway. They don't get a Segway; they use Segways, and they go around the neighborhoods and like they put up coupons on your house. Like, I can help you sell your home. Do you want to sell your home? Are you going to be selling your home? And they ride Segways around town. It's like a gang of, of people in Segways. So, <laughs> is that your bad one or good one? That's the bad one. Okay. And it just, it well, drives, I, it's not good. It's no bueno. Okay. I, when I see people on segways trying to sell real estate, I, I think accelerate the car. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a horrible thought, especially if it happens, but uh, I think we should have a new way of doing real estate. Let me tell you, I, let me run this by you and tell me if you think it's a good idea. I think we should go back to using flags. I think I should come up with an RBYM flag and go plant it in my neighbor George's uh, lawn and claim his house for myself. Just like England used to do with India. They, they, they sailed there. There's five million Indians, uh, people from India. And they planted a flag and they said, I'm taking this for me and the five million Indians. But they're like, we live here. Real estate needs a kind of, we need to. Change well, things bro- up. Brokers, brokerage shops, they kind of do that already. If it's like Black a Remax flags. or Century 21 or whatever. No, they, they, they basically get that area. So if, if you're an outside agent um, for Remax, for example, and you come into that area of somebody else's brokerage, it's, it's kind of taboo. Okay. Um, especially with this. Uh, yeah, it, it can be really tricky. I, my sister-in-law is a, is a realtor and they're pretty hardcore about that. Okay. Especially commissions and things like that, exclusive, you know, list to buy. Or, Have you ever seen realtors listings? fight with each other or kind of piss on each other? Um, I hear some stories like, about about you know the arguments they get in about. Especially, it's all about commission. It's all about that fee. Uh, that, that would be fascinating TV. The real realtors of San Carlos or something like that. A reality show. It's going to be a, a real reality show. For the record, the whole idea of the flag came from Eddie Izzard. And I got a funny Eddie Izzard story. I love Eddie Izzard. He was one of my favorite comics. I come to San Francisco 20 years ago, and I see that Eddie Izzard is playing at a comedy store. And I just seen Dressed to Kill in 2002, and it was an amazing stand-up comedy show. Um, So I go to the show. It's like Cobb's Comedy Club or something like that, and I read it wrong. I heard it wrong. It was Eddie (laughs) Izzard. And I was like, stoked! I'm like, this big international comedian is going to be at my local place? Eddie Izzard is not Eddie Izzard. And Eddie Izzard said, and this is why I like him, he goes, We stole countries with a cunning use of flags. Just sail around the world and stick a flag in. I claim India for Britain. They're going, you can't claim us. We live here. So the English accent, the use of British history in comedy always works for me. It's kind of Monty Python-esque. It it is. And I'm going to say that idea is um, it's not going to work. You don't think George is going to give me his house if I I put a flag in his yard? um, You know, know, when you do, you know, you see the signs up along the street for sale for sale. That's it's just another way to market another way to brand. 
Um, you know what you don't see a lot of? Commercial properties for sale. I think it's a California thing. I've not seen a lot of commercial property space for sale. So, um, I, I do. Okay. I, I see enough to, to say that you're kind of wrong. Good. I like being wrong. Sometimes you get pie in the face. Sometimes you're deep in pie. I love pie. I don't mind being wrong. So the Federal Reserve, uh, Powell has to be your new best friend right now. He kind of went soft on interest rates last week or this week and uh, going a little dovish. So maybe rates won't spike any higher and maybe hey. affordability will level off because we did see in the jobs report wage increases of over 3%. Yeah, he used the word adjust, um, which it was kind of was the, the, the key change that they made in their statements and their verbiage. Um, you don't have to really read into it that much and say just because of one word, it, it's a market. Wall, I mean, it's, Wall, Wall Street, Street reads it. it. Wall Street reads um, it in one word. They loved it. But what it, what it means is that, you know, they're willing to make changes as, you know, the economy changes. And as opposed to just being kind of hardcore and saying, we're going to stick to this plan that we had of raising interest rates. And I think that that. That is the um, companionship that the markets and the Fed really need to have, especially yeah. when it comes to real estate, because it, the real estate is the driving force right now behind our economy in many, many more ways than you think. I mean, I think that every I think house capitalism is the driving force. Behind well, our it is, but you have every, every house has creates at least three jobs. And when we have, you know, the homeownership rate is a little Speaking bit low, but of which I may need a new roof soon. I can, about creating I, jobs. I, I, a six pack of beer will not pay for that new roof for me if for me to do it. So that's fair. I saw these guys in concert. Just throwing that out there. I saw them before they were big. Mumford and Sons. Saw them before their first album broke. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. It's Tony Mendez, Bay Area Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. So this is a show about getting you to retirement. I try to be as transparent as I can. Sometimes I embellish a bit to make the story more uh, relatable, but it's all based on truth. Um, I own real estate. I don't hate real estate. I own stocks. I don't hate stocks. I pick stocks. I don't always pick winners. Um, but as I'm getting older, I'm getting better at it with perspective. Um, I hope everyone has that ability to look at things openly in their life and talk about them. A home is not always the best investment you ever made. It's, it's sometimes just the biggest liability. The guy I'm talking to right now, Tony Mendez, he funds liabilities. He puts a lot of danger in people's hands to help their dreams come true. And it's like, whoa, when you put it that way, when you take out a $600,000 loan, that's a responsibility. It's a liability. So Big number. How are things getting done these days in the, the industry? Um, I see there's some downsizing. Vice Media is laying off about 20% of their staff in the media world. It's, it's still brutal. And uh, I can tell you my TV work... They're starting to move towards kind of the app world and less towards the channel world. Um, and that'll put a lot of people out of jobs over time. Um, there's definitely some consolidation in all, all assets of the or aspects of the industry, um, title companies, lenders, um, realtor brokers, uh, lending institutions. Everything's consolidating and streamlining. Um, I think what happened was pretty healthy. For the market, all things considered, uh, a lot of people left the business and went back to selling cars or selling furniture and are no longer doing real estate. And that's kind of a good thing. And the people who kind of stuck uh, uh, to the wall yeah. um, 
are are a better group of people. Um, I I think with the NMLS and the training that goes through to put you through to a license really is um, is essential, including the the continued education. I think it's a better group of people out there. But yeah, it, it it's. Like if you were to ask me today, Rob, yeah. what, what, what's, what are your thoughts on me getting into the real estate business? I'd say you, you need to have some sort of angle, um, and that could be a pipeline of some sort. I, we, we, one of our reps um, got laid off from a lender, and he's going to another lender. And in between, he goes, "I'm going to take some time off and consider becoming a, a mortgage guy, you know, a loan officer, and and, and go kind of go private in, in, in his mind." And he started thinking about it. He's like, I don't have a pipeline. It's like, it would be just impossible for me to even make money for my family. And he lives in like in um, uh, Blackhawk, you know, and, you know, he's got a healthy mortgage. He's got healthy expenses. And I, I would say you need to have an angle. And if you don't have that, I wouldn't get into real estate at all. There's too many people who've been in it long enough that are good at it to compete against. Um, I'd move to a place where there's a lot more activity on the East coast. For example, there's um, like Chesapeake, Virginia is the, like one of the number one spots in the United States for millennials to move to and buy houses. Um, the, the that smaller, really, that really depresses me. Well, I know because you've been to Chesapeake, I've been to Chesapeake Virginia, um, and I've been there as well. Uh, but places like Richmond, Virginia, um, the, the Carolinas have a lot of Raleigh's and, and, you know, there's a lot of movement there. The Austins, uh, even in Sacramento, you remember, there's you remember the beer more, they drink in Chesapeake. Do I'm, I, I'm thinking the Chesapeake Bay, Maryland, but uh, not Chesapeake, Virginia. They drink Natty Bow. Natural, no. I... And they go, I want another Natty Bow. <laughs> you're like, you could say National Bohemia and you don't have to go high pitched with it. I'd like another Natty Bow. Some crabs. <laughs> I think you practice a lot what you preach, Rob. What's that? Because you're pretty good at saying Natty Bow. I've never had a National Bohemian beer, but they're the cheapest beers out there. I once was drinking a Natty Bow in college. Or, no, no, I'll embellish. I knew a friend who was drinking Natty Bow, and he went blind. That's how bad the beer is. He went blind. What was the the college beer? Um, uh, Milwaukee's Best. Milwaukee's Best, yeah. So, and then there's, do you remember Mekong Tequila? Mekong. Isn't Mekong, they put, like, antifreeze in it? Not antifreeze, uh, formaldehyde. Formaldehyde, yeah. So, that, <laughs> that will mess you up. But it's like six cents a bottle in Mexico. Wow. I'm like, I'll drink that for six cents. I'll drink cough syrup. That's a good investment. <laughs> Not a good investment. That's a good return on a buzz per se for college. I don't know if that makes any sense to people, but it's probably the wrong word, but you, you are literally mummifying yourself. Yeah. I remember one of the first financial lessons I've learned. And again, if you learn financial lessons, you can become wealthy was it was tied to you in college. And I would always get the cheap beer and you would always get the expensive beer. So you can come over and drink as much of my cheap stuff as you want, as long as I can come over and drink as much of the good stuff. So not a bad thing to do. Stock your, your fridge with cheap beer. Um, I don't throw darts. I bet on sure things. That's another Gordon Gecko statement. I don't throw darts. I bet on, cert- on certain things, on, on winning. Um, certainty. Uh, finite. So, and there's not a lot of finite in real estate. So, Are we going to go higher from here? Everyone says, well, we always go higher from here. It's California. But we didn't in 2006, 2007, 2008. Or 2000, 2001, 2002. So it's worthy of note. Um, as an investor, it's it, it it definitely isn't something you just throw darts uh, and see what sticks. It's you, you got to do your research. You got to run the numbers. You need um, professionals to help you. You can't just um, if you're going to do it on your own. Yeah. You uh, you have to have some experience, in my opinion. Um, especially if you're not going to use property management. A lot of people go into uh, making these decisions and they say, "Well, I'm going to use." I'm going to do this myself. And then they find they, they just don't have time they, they, or they just 
are bad at it and they end up with a property manager. Next thing you know, they're spending 10% on a management company and their, their bottom line is all of a sudden different and it doesn't make sense to own this house. So it really does. Again, I, I go back to the good things of what's happened over the last 10 years and that it's weeded out a lot of people, a lot of speculators and people are making smarter decisions when it comes to real estate. And that's what we're seeing on our end. Tony can help you not just throw darts at a real estate board. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Every battle is won before it's ever fought. If you have good information, if you have good people that you're working with, if you know that you can survive worst case and best case kind of scenarios, if you can eliminate greed and fear, that goes with real estate too. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at RobBlackShow.com. That's RobBlackShow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.